It's time for Talk with Talk. Welcome to Resong Racing with Frank Reese and Steady Eddie. We talk drags, IndyCar, vintage racing and everything in between. If it's fast, we'll talk about it. Here are your hosts, Frank Reese and Steady Eddie. We've got Steve Bidlack with us. It seems like I don't spend enough time with this guy because he's so busy. Um, maybe it's once or twice a year, but anytime I have to go to my true mid-Ohio roots, I have to uh, call Steve to get on. Steve, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Frank. How are you doing this weekend? I'm great. Um, you know, you, you've been around IndyCar. You're probably the uh, aficionado that I know. What's the new title for you if you've got one? Well, ultimately, I'm the uh, manager of marketing communications, but, uh, you know, we're, we're a small company, so we, we wear a lot of different hats. So um, not only do we have Mid-Ohio going on, but we do three other IndyCar races. So uh, it, it's a busy time for us and, and glad to get back going. You know, I, I just want to go back just a minute. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the whole COVID situation, but, I mean, everybody's tired of it. But you guys obviously having a public venue, I, I guess it helped out, though, that was outside for 99% of it. Um, I, I know you lost, you know, attendance issues and things like that. But coming into 2021, IndyCar in general, um, it looks like it's starting, if not anything else, to open up for the public to come to the races. Is that true? Yes, the uh, the local ordinances still apply depending on the events, but um, yeah, th- there's definitely more capacity available uh, for spectators to come out uh, compared to 2020 when we were still learning a lot about the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. But uh, you know, people are, are ready to go and, and ready to experience live events, and uh, we we saw that in our first event for our company in St. Pete, Florida, and. And uh, we're seeing the same uh, coming up next weekend at Mid-Ohio. You know, they, they did a uh, back-to-back in Texas last weekend. Do, do you see that becoming a little more of the norm where they may do some back-to-backs, maybe even at some other road courses for the future? Or is that kind of like a one or two off per season? I believe it, it's a one or two off per season. I don't think we're going to see that as uh, – a customary thing for the NTT IndyCar series. It puts a lot of uh, strain on those crew members in particular, and um, you want the, the drivers to compete at the highest level, and it's it's tough on them too. So on occasion, I think we'll, we'll see it. Like there's another one coming up uh, at Belle Isle in Detroit. Um, so while it's fun for the fans, it, you know, it's a little, a little bit difficult on the, on the drivers and crew though. So um, I, I think we'll probably see that be a one-off, but only IndyCar can tell you absolutely. You know, well, talking a little bit about IndyCar before we get into IMSA, uh, you've got a couple of rookies this year that have brought some attention to the sport. You know, one of the guys from NASCAR, one of the guys that was on fire at F1. Um, so did you guys have an idea like this was going to happen with some of the new rookies coming in uh, much further out than usual? Or is it kind of like the same time frame when a rookie comes in, you kind of know publicly? Because a lot of times drivers are added to seats late, aren't they? So you don't always have a lot of time to market somebody new to the sport. Those two drivers in particular, Romain from F1 and Jimmy Johnson from NASCAR Cup Series, 
uh, it was known, uh, you know, by December that they were going to be uh, coming to uh, over to the NCT IndyCar series to compete uh, just because they had to get their funding together. Um, so that was exciting because it gave us an opportunity to, you know, promote, uh, you know, those two uh, star drivers in advance. And I, I think uh, we're seeing that uh, IndyCar is a, a pretty uh, difficult discipline and uh, they're having to cut their teeth a little bit. And, and, and get up to speed, and um, it, it's great to have them. Though the the awareness and attention they're bringing to the series has been been awesome. Yeah, I guess you can't complain about decent PR, right? It's always a good thing. Absolutely, uh, you can look at Jimmy Johnson's uh, accounts on social media, and they are uh, unbelievable. So this uh, next weekend, pretty much a week from today, uh, you've got. Uh, the 15th and 16th at Mid-Ohio, you've got IMSA coming, which is always a phenomenal uh, weekend of racing. I mean, just IMSA in general is pretty unique. Does the track offer certain challenges to IMSA that maybe it doesn't do to IndyCar necessarily? Because in IMSA, you've got some of the you know slower cars out there with some of the really fast ones. Is, is there a is there a challenge to that at all? The way the track is set up, or is it pretty fluid for everybody? Well, I think when you have class within a class racing in those differing speeds, like you said, Frank, they have to be careful and pick their spots, what corner they're going to overtake uh, the, the slower cars in front of them. So it, it's definitely a, uh, a patient game for the drivers. Um, and then the other unique challenge of, of Mid-Ohio, just with the IMSA schedule itself, is in their uh, 2021 schedule, this is their first so-called sprint race of the season. So they went from the Daytona 24 hours event to the Sebring 12 hours, and now to a two hour and 40 minute race at Mid-Ohio, you know, the, the approach is, is totally different. So it's full on racing from green flag to checkered where the two prior races for these competitors, there might've been a little bit more pace that they had to take to, to get the car to, to, to finish that, uh, those endurance races. You know, that's a that's a really good point, Steve, uh, that people, I think, overlook that when you have an IndyCar, NASCAR, things like that, you know, they're 250 laps, 500, whatever it is. IMSA, <laughs> you're up, you're right. You're you're going from a 24 hour to a 12 hour to a sprint. There's a, a quite a bit of technology and work that has to go into each one of those setups. It's, it must be pretty uh, demanding for teams and crews. Yes, absolutely. They, uh, you know, they have to think about, you know, who's going to qualify the car and then, you know, who's going to take that last stint as the the driver to take the car across the checkered flag. So from a crew, you know, crew chief setup standpoint, you know, they got to think about how am I going to balance the car out um, based on that strategy between those two drivers. And, uh, you know, the other thing that they have to practice, especially in a sprint race, because there's not much time to make it up is uh, those driver changes are, are crucial. So if you want to look at the whole schedule for Mid-Ohio, it's at midohio.com. Uh, a lot of racing over the next couple months in that window we call summer and early fall for Mid-Ohio. You know, the one other cool thing, well, there's a lot of cool things about Mid-Ohio, but uh, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's a bad seat in the place, right? I mean, you guys, because of the way it's set up and all the undulation, there are there's nothing but good seats for that place to watch a race. 
Yes, we have four main uh, amphitheater mound uh, seating areas. So uh, general admission uh, seating. So plenty of space to spread out. And um, on those four different vantage points, you can see the race cars do four very different uh, things. So you see cars go through turn one flat on a left-hand 90-degree turn to, you know, for the S's, for instance, they have to go over a, a blind uh, left-hand corner. So uh, it's fun to move around at mid-Ohio and just get um, a different vantage point of, of what the drivers need to go fat to do to go fast through the various corners. And, you know, truly, it, it's, it's like a park with a racetrack running through it. So just you know very relaxed time and and you know the best part is that it's really welcoming to families because on top of it kids 12 and under are free when uh, uh just to, to wrap up the the pandemic protocol thing uh are people required to wear masks on the grounds next week yeah, since it's still a, a, a large uh, scale sporting event uh, masks will be required um you know some of our uh protocols from 2020 have been relaxed but uh those face coverings and masks need to be worn and and we still need to you know respect social distancing but we're we're very pleased that we're going to be able to host more race fans for our season opener next weekend yeah you know that's the other thing that you said early in the conversation is that uh, you know the municipalities are kind of almost seem like they're changing protocols by the week as new information comes in. So people just need to check with you guys on the website because obviously some of the other races might not have the same protocols that are having you have for the early ones, right? That's correct. Uh, fans can visit middleohio.com slash COVID-19 and we keep all those protocols updated as uh, things change and evolve with this pandemic. So, Steve, I'm curious, have you had the chance, um, maybe I should know this, but I don't, have you had the chance to raise, uh, go around the track in, in any of the, the race cars? I know you probably do mid-Ohio race cars, but anything like a Porsche, anything, I don't know if you're going to go into DPI, but have you had the honors of going around the course in a couple things? I've ridden in a passenger seat before in a race car, and it, it, it gives you definitely a, a new appreciation for the G-forces and uh, all that a driver is doing in the cockpit at Mid-Ohio, uh, you know, from downshifting to upshifting. And, um, you know, they're they're very active at a physical course like Mid-Ohio. But I haven't personally driven a, a true purebred racetrack around Mid-Ohio, but, you know, like our driving school, I, I certainly have. And, uh you know, there's some some white knuckling involved for sure um, with those blind corners that exist at, at this track. So I want to take Mid Ohio out of this because it wouldn't be fair to you. But what would be uh, a few of your other favorite tracks for IndyCar and or IMSA in the United States? Like, we, give me your top two or three outside of Mid Ohio. Well, you know, first of all, you know, you got to go with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean. If you've ever, you know, been to an Indy 500, it is the greatest spectacle in racing, as they dub it. You watch those cars go three wide through turn one. It's truly amazing how those cars can corner on, on, on such a turn like that. And then, you know, I'm a little bit biased as well because it's one of our, our racing venues. 
you know, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, you know, is like a, a little Monaco. I mean, it is a circuit that's along a, a bayfront and palm trees, and it's also a great track that the drivers enjoy. Um, it, it's just a tremendous venue that, you know, usually to be the season opener for IndyCar. Um, it, you know, I'm biased though, but you know, we live up here in the north, and it's really nice to go down there when it's late winter and and kick off an Indy car season in St. Pete. All right, well, you got you got one more, one that maybe you're not related to. How about that? One more, okay. Um, you know, I, I'm biased to the permanent road courses, so I, I'm gonna you know say Road America is is the other one I'd put on my uh, my list. Well, you know what? I, I think you could probably name five or six easily off the top of our heads in the States, and you wouldn't go wrong with any of them, I don't think. Absolutely. I mean, it's there's so many great tracks in the United States. And, um, you know, on top of it, I grew up uh, going to short track racing first, actually, places like Eldora. So um, yep. I, I love all forms of racing. When when uh, you brought up Indy real quick, um, how how far back is like team green preparing for indy or is it always preparing for indy no matter what they're doing um yeah our, our company green savvy racing promotions uh, while the the events are very seasonal it's 12 months a year we're foots on the gas getting ready to go um you know from operating the event that that people see and experience to uh all the planning that goes in ahead of time securing sponsors putting tickets on sales establishing budgets it's a 12 month a year uh proposition to put on these great races well steve you have uh you have a hell of a job man and uh you know i don't i don't probably think you probably think you have work right you you i know there are days but uh when you're involved in racing it's, it's usually an upside to it isn't there yeah it's certainly for me it's a passion of mine uh it's great to wake up every day and and operate in that um and what I also very much enjoy is no two days are the same. Um, you got to be a little bit of an adrenaline junkie to to put on events and uh, grind it out uh, some of the days. But uh, there, there's nothing better when you, you see that green flag uh, fall on a field and 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 see it all come together. Well, the uh, Acura Sports Car Challenge and everything else that goes with it at the IMSA WeatherTech sports car championship are happening next week uh may 14th to the 16th in middle ohio you can go to middleohio.com and check everything out and uh steve all the best looking forward to a uh, great racing as always and uh love to have you on again down the road to talk more racing thanks so much frank it's it's always good to catch up with you my friend all right steve be good buddy talk to you soon thank you that is steve bidlack from green Savoy, and you can tell that um <laughs> He loves his job. This is Frank Reese, Reese on Racing.